Hey, my name's Ken Russell. I'm a City of Miami Commissioner, and I'm here to help you better understand your local government. Hey there, everyone. This is Miami Commissioner Ken Russell here in the City of Miami's District 2, which is pretty much 90% of the waterfront of the City of Miami. And of course, we're one of the many municipalities in Miami-Dade County. So I'm here today to teach you and myself as much as we can learn about Biscayne Bay health and water quality and introduce you to someone that who has been at the forefront of making sure we're taking the right steps to get there. So I'd like to introduce Irela Baguet of the Baguet Group, and you are the former chair of the Biscayne Bay Task Force, is that correct? Correct, Commissioner, and it's uh, truly a pleasure to participate here with you and um, continue to help educate our the public and our visitors to this beautiful paradise that we live in on how to protect it. So, um, Let's get into it. What would you like to know? <laughs> yeah, no, well, first of all, the Biscayne Bay Task Force, when was that created and does it still exist? Well, it doesn't exist because work, our work is done, but I'll go a little further back. Um, in a, at about, on about 2017, a few years back, uh, a group of very concerned citizens and um, organizations uh, uh, we're worried about the seagrass die-off that we now all know quite a bit about in the northern part of, of Biscayne Bay. Uh, so we gathered and created a summit to really understand what was going on and, and what we could do about it. So it was basically a call to action that uh, motivated Miami-Dade County Commission, um, particularly Commissioner Rebecca Sosa, to uh, create this Biscayne Bay Task Force with members, you know, variety of members on there, um, engineers, scientists, uh, county staff, uh, myself as a stakeholder and others um, and, and academia as well, so that we can formulate a roadmap, so to speak, or a pathway towards recovery of the Bay. So we worked for about 18 months. We had, I don't know, like over 20 presentations um, and heard from the general public as well, academia, experts, you name it. And, and we looked at other models from other successful um, restoration and recovery efforts, um, particularly Tampa Bay. And um, we got together, we put together a report, um, over 60 recommendations in our report. And, and we covered about, about seven themes. Really, the main, the main theme is really getting the water quality back to um, a level where we're lowering the nutrient pollution um, in the Bay, which is really causing all the problems that we have and have had recently, as you well know, because you were out there in the front lines with the fish kill. What we found is that everything that's happening to the Bay is really coming from our land, land use, and what we are doing to our ecosystem. And right. so, so it's a myth that it's all boater pollution being thrown. Well, from it's everybody. You know, when people ask me what's wrong with the Bay, I say everything. <laughs> and whose fault is it? Everybody's. So it's a number of, of issues that we have to deal with. Obviously, infrastructure, our aging infrastructure is one, um, our canals, um, what we do on land, our overconsumption of plastic. I mean, I could go on and on and on. It's all in the report. And we, we try to address all of those areas. Um, and in particular, Outreach and education, exactly what we're doing now, having this conversation and really helping folks understand that we all have a connection to our ecosystem and a responsibility for future generations to preserve it. So you came up with the action plan that would then sunset your task force, and then it would be up to the commission and the administration of Miami-Dade County to implement. Is that correct? Correct. So our report coincided around the time of the 
fish kill. So in a way, um, it really shed a, a spotlight on it. And so there was a lot of motivation and commitment from our commission to really move a lot of these um, initiatives forward. And, and, and what we tried to do is we set up our recommendations so that we knew what we could do in the short term immediately with the data and the, and the funding that we have today, and then work towards a more long-term approach to um, recovery. So a lot has been happening. Um, the county has enacted a fertilizer ordinance. They have agreed to hire a chief bay officer, which will coordinate because one thing we did find as a task force is that there are many, many folks out there doing great things for the bay, but there's no real coordination. So it has to be a community-wide approach to this. Otherwise, it, recovery won't happen the way we want it, in the pace that we want it to, right? So, and I know that the city of Miami, for example, and a lot dealing with your leadership, you've done a lot, even after this report came out, you've passed fertilizer ordinance. I believe you're regu regulating bad developers. <laughs> um, so, so everyone I think is now on board and this is what we really wanted to see. We wanted to see all levels of government working together, um, including the general public all, you know, focused on preserving our bay. Yeah, it's true. It's so important that it, it's hard to get things done when we're not working in coordination. And at the city level, um, I've been able to pass a lot of legislation with the commission over the last five years that I've been in, but it's never been on a coordinated rollout that in year one, we're going to tackle this. In year three, we're going to tackle this. It's just been trying to find best practices of other cities, studying what needs to be done and really solving the puzzle and then passing legislation. But it hasn't been coordinated as, as, as you said. So yes, we did a fertilizer ordinance. We were very careful on all of these ordinances to make sure we were navigating the preemption laws, what we're allowed to do as a city. There are things we're allowed to do that we can't do based on state, county, and what our home rule allows us to do. But with the fertilizer, we couldn't regulate the sale of fertilizers, but we could regulate the use. So we did that and put a moratorium set of months, the county mirrored in a very similar way. Um, I did a regulation on Roundup, the uh, product that uses glyphosate uh, for killing weeds. Uh, I found out that one, one department in our entire city was using 5,000 gallons a year. And that was uh, basically to just kill weeds in our rights of way. And all of that was going in the bay. So it's one simple ordinance limiting governmental use stopped 5,000 gallons a year from going into the bay. I did a styrofoam ordinance, but that only was limited to our parks because that's where we had jurisdiction, things like that. So I would love to be a part of a bigger plan to know that we're contributing toward that plan that gets us to some place, that, that we're not just one at a time doing things, but that there's a coordinated mission and goal. To that point, and, I, and I'll tell you, this is how, how, how we envisioned it working, Commissioner, is we recommended the county work with um, agencies and cities together as part of a watershed um, board. Mm -hmm. And so create the creation of this uh, Biscayne Bay Watershed Board, which is very similar to how, you know, the Miami River Commission works, right? So here we have one canal, one waterway that has more oversight than our entire bay watershed. It just, for us, it was baffling and made absolutely no sense. Yeah. So you know, we're hoping that as the chief bay officer comes on board and starts developing relationships and, co and coordinates with the agencies and the cities together, we can start moving in that direction in, in a collaborative way. And also, you know, share sharing the cost because 
let's face it, a lot of these fixes are going to be very expensive. Uh, let's not kid ourselves, right? We're talking about septic to sewer conversions in some conversations. We're also talking about our aging infrastructure and a lot of the, the pipes that keep bursting and, and implementing some innovation and technology. You know, why, why is it that we don't have real-time information on the conditions of our assets, right? And sensors, we have, uh, the technology exists. So we just really need to like move in that direction and really become a region of the future where we can really and implement a lot of these recommendations quickly because the key is quickly. We have to really act fast because we've pretty much run out of time. There's yeah. no more time for any more reports or any more, you know, boards getting together, figuring things out. We have to start moving now. Just implement the plan. And I'm going to bring the plan up here in a second on the screen so folks can kind of see what we're talking about. How, you know, how long, how do you know when you've accomplished your goal? What is the measurement or metric that basically tells you that you've done well? Well, if you look at what Tampa Bay did, um, it took them approximately 20 years. But I think we need to take a phased approach, right? So start in the areas that we know where the nutrient pollution is really, really bad, and particularly in the northern part of the system. That's not to say that other parts of the system aren't, aren't doing great, but let's start there. Let's create a, a really concerted effort on, on reducing the nutrient pollution in that area um, and, and use that as a pilot and move further south, right? So there's, I think there's a phased approach. Um, and if we are able to be successful in at least in a pilot we know that this can be done and you know the science is telling us you know from FIU and UM our scientists and our partners in academia are saying that we still have some time it's just that we have to act now yeah let's pull up the report on the screen I'm going to share screen now so we can look at some of these things and I love the way that this has been organized because it's very user-friendly for such a, a comprehensive subject yeah we try to address the key issues Again, water quality being that focus point, right? Getting getting that nutrient pollution levels down, um, which will take some time, but we need to act. Then we we talked about governance, which is again the watershed board and that oversight that we desperately need to co collaborate and, and coordinate. While we're talking about water quality in the bay, we're also looking at sea level rise, right, and coastal resilience. And as we know, we're ground zero. We don't need to be reminded. So um, how do we protect our coastlines and also improve water quality at the same time? So we took a look at that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, outreach and education, again, huge. Not just for residents, but also for our visitors. You know, we're, we're a you know, tourism destination. So, you know, everyone that walks off an airplane or a cruise ship, hopefully in the near future, um, will should have a connection to protecting where they're where they're visiting. So let me describe what folks are seeing here on the screen. You see, there's three colors. Everything is assigned a color, and so the purple are actions that can be accomplished administratively within the county. You don't need commission action. Well, you do need a little commission action, right, within their county bureaucracy structure, right? Right, right. Versus the orange list items that actually need policy changes. So it's not just about approving a budget that the administration can act on. You'd actually need some sort of new policy, whether it's ordinances or, or regulation of some sort. Correct. And then light blue items are ones where you actually need collaboration between layers of government, city, county, state, federal. Um, so you've got them classified into that. And then you've also got them classified into three levels of urgency. 
um, which are I for immediate less than one year, S for short term between one and three years, and M for midterm greater than three years. And then amongst that matrix, you've got it separated into looks like about seven paragraphs, which are under the different subjects, water quality, governance, infrastructure, watershed habitat restoration, marine debris, education outreach, and finally funding. So this is great. This really helps us sort of figure where we fit in as a city, for example, the city of Miami, where we can help from a funding collaboration to an infrastructure. One of my biggest goals um, over my term is to complete uh, the Miami Baywalk and Riverwalk. It's been in our code for over 40 years that whether public or private land, when you develop on the waterfront, you have to leave 50 feet to the public for public access, 25 feet for basically a sidewalk to view the bay, and then 25 feet is a buffer to your private property if you live in a tower or something like that. There's only not, about nine missing points left on here, but I, I decided early on in order to get support for this and really for it to achieve a comprehensive goal, it wasn't about walking your dog or going for a bike ride. This is our front line to storm surge, sea level rise, and water quality because this will be the interface where water sheds into the bay uh, through our storm drain system. The city has almost 300 uh, stormwater outfalls. Some are managed by county and, and state, but the majority of them are, are city owned. And what we do with that infrastructure, we can't do it alone. Obviously we need help, but it should be a solution for resilience and not just an aesthetic amenity. So I love to see this chart and see, um, and see how all of us can work together on this. And I, I look forward to it with new Mayor Levine Cava and the new commission. Um, we have a basically new commission. So I think we've got a lot to do. Um, what do you think politics plays into this? Do you see local governments being able to move more nimbly or is it more difficult because we're smaller than state and federal on these sorts of issues? What do you think? I think not. I think uh, local governments is where we really see action. You know, it takes, takes longer to get bills passed at the state level and obviously at the congressional level. But, you know, I always say, you know, politics is local. And you've heard everybody say that. So um, for us, I think it's easier to get things done at the local levels. And we're starting to see that. We're, you know, obviously the city of Miami take leadership on, on a lot of these issues. City of Coral Gables, um, North Bay Village. There's everyone's like pretty much, you know, we're very encouraged as far as members of the task force and our work because people are actually paying attention and, and looking at our report and really taking action, whatever actions they can take. And again, people, we can take our own individual actions, okay? Um, there are many things that we can do as individuals. Like I said, we overconsume plastic. We don't need to, um, you know, picking up our dog poop, for example, that believe it or not, gets into our storm drain systems and, and creates nutrient pollution. So any, any things we, anything we can do to get involved, get involved in cleanups. Um, there's just a number of things everyone can do. So the key is, you know, make your connection to the Bay because it's really our backyard and it's, and it's our economy, frankly, at the end of the day. You know, we live in such a politically divided world right now. There's hardly anything that two sides of an aisle can, can agree on. Why do you think we're able to come together and pass these ordinances, legislations, task force reports um, in a bipartisan fashion? Do you think South Florida is different or it's that our local government, we just have the cover because it's such an urgent issue? Why, why do you think we're, well, first of all, do you think we're better at this than the state and federal government in terms of bipartisan cooperation and, and why? 
When it comes to environmental issues, we've been at this for a long time, Commissioner, because I mean, in, a, in, in about a week, we'll be celebrating 20 years of Everglades restoration, which has been a bipartisan approach to restoring America's Everglades, um, including Biscayne Bay, which is part of, of that program. So, and even now we're starting to see how even climate change and sea level rise becoming a, a neutral issue. Uh, because we have to, it's our economy at the end of the day. So on either side of the aisle, we have to protect our investments um, or we might as well, you know, give up. And that's just, inaction is just not an option. Of course. So you now have a plan. We've got politics out of the way that we have universal support to move forward. What is hindering us at this point? Is it funding? I would say funding is, is one part. Actually, it's, it's the biggest part. Um, and it is the part where we had the most trouble, obviously, <laughs> developing our report. Uh, but I'm very optimistic about, you know, collaborative funding, creative financing, public-private partnerships, and infrastructure bills from the federal government. And even, you know, getting creative with um, the state funding, for example. There are some pots of money, even though we're in a pandemic and I know things are very tight, there are pots of money at the state level that we can start looking at to access for some of these improvements that we need to make. And, and I want to make it very clear that investing in the ecosystem and restoring Biscayne Bay can be good for our economy. Infrastructure improvements create jobs, you know, all sorts of opportunities. Um, and, and, and we're going to have to look at that coming out of this pandemic. So again, um, yes, it's going to take money. Yes, we're going to have to work hard, but you know, we, we, ha we can't not do it, not not do it, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. So what I'd like to finish with, if you can think off the top of your head, a couple of examples of things that we can be done, that can be done, whether they're in the report specifically or not. Let's say one of the lowest hanging fruit of something that we as a city or county can do to affect water quality in a positive way. What's one of those simplest, least expensive, least political, you know, lift to get done and then what's probably one of the biggest, most expensive yet imperative things that we need to take on? Can you think of a couple of those? Well, let's start with the most expensive first. <laughs> I would say probably our septic to sewer conversion. We have over 100,000 properties on septic, some of which are in low-lying areas that are already in vulnerable states that, that are impacting the Bay. We know this. Um, start with that, obviously, in a phased approach. It's not like a huge, big-ticket item, but it's still... Um, it's still an expensive proposition. And then cheapest thing you can do um, that anyone can do is clean up after yourself. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Simple. Yeah, no, that's true. Septic to sewer is a big one. In the city of Miami, I believe we still have about 1,700 homes on septic. And about 10% of those, about 170 of those are failing due to sea level rise right now is our, is our estimate. So when you take it from the, the county macro view, but look right into the city and then look at one section of that, 150, 170 homes getting fixed doesn't sound like a terribly huge lift, but it might be a, a big problem. So if we look at that elephant and take it incrementally, we right. might be able to, to make some progress. Because I know the big numbers get really scary and that's why we need an incremental plan to get there. Correct. You know, I have to congratulate the city of Miami for you know, having the will to implement the forever bond. I mean, there you have the will of the people saying, you know, we really are going to take this seriously. It's we are going to invest. Right? 
we, we understand that there's a return on this investment and the return is really staying here longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that was a big one. If, you know, this, is, this is really, really uh, enlightening. I think it gives people hope. They, they were very worried when they saw the big fish kill a few months ago um, and they quickly asked, well, what are you doing about it? And it's great to see that the county's been working on it for some time now. They now have a plan and it's just time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. So I really thank you for leading that task force and giving us that roadmap. Um, and I look forward on behalf of the city to working together with the county to make sure we keep prioritizing water quality and Biscayne Bay. So thank you so much for joining me here and uh, for helping teach everybody about what we need to do. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Bye.